0: Morning. Morning. I probably should have started talking when I was walking down the aisle a minute ago because I walked in the back and I kept making myself little notes on the top. And I said, you know, every one of these notes is about two minutes that's coming out of Donnie's time. And so uh, I am excited about today. Hopefully, you had a good week. And, um, If you look real close, you barely, you can see there's water in the baptistry In a 1030 service. We have the opportunity to baptize a young couple. Last week we baptized a mother and a young adult son. This week we're baptizing a husband and a wife. And they was real clear. They said, "We, we need to do this because we want to raise our children in a church to where they grow up with friends in church and stuff and, and be active and learn the Bible and stuff like that. So that's been a real fun journey for me to be able to walk with them and to be able to baptize them this morning at 1030. So if you get home, you can watch it online if you want to, because um, we'll, we'll have that. And you know if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 7, and we're continuing on the American dream and trying to to show um, it's, it's really God's dream and not the American dream. And while you're turning there, um, be praying Tuesday. Um, around 11, me and Mike are going to take the administration, the head coaches, and the new coaches from Live Oak High School to lunch and just spend time with them and the new coaches try to get to know them a little bit better. So be praying for us as we're, as we're investing in them Tuesday. Um, Donnie mentioned the DR team. That, that was a fun journey getting y'all home, wasn't it? I mean, it took three airlines to get Brother Richard out of the Bahamas down there. Nobody would take him. And finally, somebody got the short straw. Um, I literally, my phone started ringing like that the other night, and somebody finally said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not doing nothing. I talked to Brother Howard, and they said, what do you mean? I said, when he panics, I'll panic. I don't panic till he panics. He don't panic till I panic. So unless he panics, I'm not panicked about this. And so God opened the doors, and they got home, and so we're excited about the work that they done down there. And um You know, I'm going to give you a little, little, what do you call it, I guess a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you the story because I'm going to challenge you to read your newsletter that goes out this week. Tuesday, I had to go to permit office, and you talk, and I will be honest with anybody, I was grinding my teeth going out there, Mr. James. I had to go buy a permit saying we tore the building down so we could cancel insurance. I started to pick you up and bring you with me. But... Anyway, didn't want to go, but when I walked in the door, God had me there for a conversation that hopefully in the next couple of weeks y'all are going to see in that water. So read the newsletter and I'll tell you the whole story. Luke 7, verse 36, some of my favorite passages, um, talking about just how we should live. So Luke 7, verse 36, it says, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came in there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is, a sin, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into her into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But yet she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put all on my head. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins has been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever's been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you again for today, Father, and I thank you for your word, Father, and I just ask, Father, I beg right now, Father, we just see how we should live, Father, we should just show us the things that we need, Father, to be honest, to get rid of, to experience you fully, Father, I love you, in your son's name, amen. You know, as you read this and as you look at it, you know, I can't help but think, you know, if you ever had a guest over to dinner, I'm not talking about your paper plate friend. You know what I'm talking about, right? Friends that you're comfortable just serving them on paper plates. I'm talking about the friends that you get out to find China, the one friends that you know when they're coming to be your guest, you clean the house spotless, right? I mean, our house is clean, but it's lived in. And so, you know, so unless somebody's coming over special, you know, it. It is what it is. You know, it's our house. And so, but then, but you know, you have those certain friends and that's what happened right here. You know, Jesus was invited to be Simon's guest and you know, so Simon, you know, you would think he'd done everything to prepare, but he missed a step. You know, you think, well, you know, is that really a big step? But they, you have to think this was a different culture. These people walked barefooted or they walked with open sandals, you know? I'll be honest, I, don't, I used to wear sandals and flip-flops. I don't like the grit on my feet. But these people, you know, the, back in that gen, that time, they would walk roads, and it wasn't like it was just dusty roads. Let's say it the This was roads. They didn't have sewer systems like we have sewer systems. The sewer kind of run down the road. You know, the horses and the cows and the donkeys and the camels and the sheep or whatever else you imagine walk down that road, and anybody who knows run animals knows what they leave behind them. So you got a picture. This is in the road. So when Jesus shows up or whoever shows up at your house from the knees down is filthy. Because even if it's not muddy, it's dusty whatever was in that road, right? And I have to believe they sweat like me. When I sweat, I sweat from every pore in my body. And so you know from the knees down it was probably mud. And so they go into the house and the the, the culture back then was the lowest of the servants would wash and clean their feet before they come in the house. Well, Simon skipped the step with Jesus. And so this lady comes in to see Jesus, and she immediately, just from her tears. Can you imagine crying that much that your tears is wet in defeat? And then let's get the real big picture. Listen, you know, Lauren's got long hair. Jocelyn's got long hair. Marissa's got long hair. You know, imagine getting on the floor with your hair and cleaning feet. How many of us like to even touch feet? But can you imagine cleaning the feet? You know, me, I'd give them a brush burn. But that lady got down there with her tears, she wet his feet. And then with her hair, she cleaned his feet. And so this is where we're at. And so, you know, so Simon immediately starts judging, you know, because Simon was a religious leader and he starts judging this. And he says, you know, Jesus don't even know who's touching him. Look at this. He's letting this sinner touch her feet. But, you know, whenever Jesus looks at him, you know, and he starts talking, you know, and and I love how Jesus tells stories, you know, because he he looked at the lady because he wanted her to know you've got my full attention. I know why you're here. There's a bigger reason you're here. And the whole time he's looking at her, he's talking to Simon. And he's saying, Simon, look here, let me tell you a story. You know, and he goes on and he starts talking. He says, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love more? You know, I'm a numbers person, so I started looking the average debt in 2019, the average debt under the age of 35, the average debt for somebody under the age of 35, $67,400. That's almost one truck in today's world when you think about it. Not that Johnny would drive, but one truck. From the ages of 35 to 44, the average debt's $133,100. From 45 to 54, that's my age bracket, $134,600. I'm under that. I'm excited about that. 55 to 64, $108,300. 65 to 74, $66,000. Seventy-five and up, $34,000. You know, so you see the different numbers. So do you think if, if, that, if, if the bank was to come in and tell somebody under 35, I'm going to forgive your $67,000, you'd be pretty excited. But if you're in that high one, that far, my age bracket, and he was to forgive a double that literally, $134,000, i am going to be twice as excited, Right? And so that's what I want you to, that's how I want you to understand what was going on. Because, you know, whenever Jesus walked in and Jesus was telling Simon this story, you know, he said, this is what's going to happen. But here's what I want you to do. Close your eyes with me. Close your eyes. This is for you. This isn't for your neighbor, your spouse, your kids, anybody else. This is just for you. In your head, not out loud. Repeat this word, these words. I'm a sinner. Now, in a whisper, I want you to say it again. I'm a sinner. And a little bit louder now, say, I'm a sinner. All right, you can open your eyes now. Some of y'all might doze off on me. We're all sinners, right? We're all sinners. Whether we want to believe it or not, Scripture tells us we're all sinners. And so right here, that's what Jesus is trying to establish with Simon. He's trying to say, look. We're all sinners. This lady recognizes she's a sinner. You hadn't figured it out yet. You know, she's coming in with all her junk. She's coming in and she's literally worshiping me. She has literally wet my feet with her tears from the time she walked in the door. From the time she's walked in, because of her sin and because of the guilt and because of what she knows she needs from me, she is just pouring tears off. And wetting my feet. And then she cleaned my feet with her hair. She is all in at this point. And then she takes that alabaster jar of perfume that's super expensive. And she pours it on Jesus' feet. She's given him everything she's got. And Simon's sitting there judging her. Thinking, Jesus don't even know what he's got touching him. But this lady knows So here's my question. What are you not willing to break open and pour at Jesus' feet? This morning, if Jesus showed up in this room physically, where you could physically see him, what would be the thing that you wouldn't break open and pour on his feet? What would be the thing that you would hold on to? Because this lady gave him everything she had. I mean, physically, she lowered herself to the lowest Slave below the lowest slave and was all in. What are we not willing to break open? What are we too proud to humble ourselves and wipe them with? What's the thing that we're just, I'm not all in, Jesus? I'm going to hold on to this. What are you not willing to weep over in repentance? Think about that. This lady come in weeping because of her sin. This lady come in, you know, she she come in weeping. She come in and she took her hair, you know, and I would have to think that's a big deal back then, even today. And she took her hair and she cleaned Jesus' feet because she was weeping over her sins. And then she broke open the most cherished, expensive thing she had and give it to him. See, because what we have to realize, Jesus died on the cross for all of our sin, not part of our sin. And this thing called the American dream, you know, it distorts Christianity when you really get honest about it, because it says you've got to do this, 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 and this. And when you've accomplished all this, then you've succeeded in the American dream. And a lot of those things, when you start looking at this, this, and this, and we can all, we can fill it in, it moves us further away from God because it gets us more self-sufficient and not God, dependent on God. And you know what my fear is? My fear is that we invite Jesus in to be our house guest, and we're almost like Simon. We don't give him complete everything that's involved in our house. We don't give him the keys to our house. You know, we don't give him the best of our house. We invite him in and say, all right, "You're going to eat off these plates, but then you go." And I'm not investing in you. Because God wants us to surrender. God wants all of us. He wants every part about us. You know, the woman in the story, she wasn't trying to buy her forgiveness with that perfume. She was just trying to give Jesus everything. She wanted to be to the point where when Jesus saw this, he's saying, this woman is all in. This woman's willing to sacrifice everything she's got to experience my love. And too many times we hold on to what we don't want to break open at his feet. We hold on to the thing that, you know, that we won't humble ourselves, that we have too much pride in ourselves and say, you know something, God, I'm not going to get on my knees at your feet. God, I'm not going to give up on this. God, I'll give you everything I got. God, I'll give you 98% of my life, but this 2%, is mine, buddy. And a lot of times we do that without even realizing what we're doing, and that's not what he wants. You know, so, you know, for me, you know, whenever you start looking... We're 20 weeks into this pandemic right now. 20 weeks. I can remember as a staff, we started talking with all this a month. A month, we'll be back to normal. I don't know what normal is going to be anymore. I really don't. But here's my question. Let's go back to those three questions. Maybe this last 20 weeks is to get our focus back on God. Think about that. What if God just put us into place for the last 20 weeks to where we could focus on him and him only? Because I'm going to tell you right now, because we was talking to staff this morning. I don't watch the news because it will make me want to run my head through that wall. Because everybody's got a different opinion. Don't nobody know what they're talking about. But my God does. So maybe the last 20 weeks was for us to focus on God. Maybe the last 20 weeks to get to this point was for us to realize what do we need to break open and pour at His feet? What do we need to take out of our life so that we can humble ourselves in following Him? Maybe the last 20 weeks was to make us realize what we need to weep over in repentance to get our lives back right with God. Is that a fun place to be? No. Is that a very vulnerable place to be? Absolutely. But is that where God wants us? All the time. He wants us dependent on him. He wants us willing to do whatever it takes for him. But you know, I love this part because then then Jesus just looked at her. And he said, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Go in peace. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations and earth. Be still and know who I am. Go in peace and know your sins are forgiven. Because she was willing to get down on her hands and knees and with her tears and her hair and her perfume, anoint the only one that mattered. Where are we at today? Where are we at today? You know, some of us, we need to start that journey. Some of us need to humble ourselves and the jar that we need to break open is our lives. And we say, God, I need to make you number one in my life. God, I need to ask you for forgiveness and make you the Lord of my life. For some of us, that jar we need to break open is to make live oak our home. For some of us, that jar we need to break open is to walk into that water like Daniel and Kelsey Ramberger is going to do at 1030 this morning and say, God, I'm being obedient because that's what you've called me to do. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just to say that we love you. Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, just how clear it is. Father, I ask today, Father, we see in our hearts only the way that you can show us, Father, and what jars do we need to break open in our lives, Father, so that we can humble ourselves at your feet. Father, show us the things that we need to be weeping over to get out of our life. Father, give us the courage, Father, to step out in obedience. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. In your son's name.